On today's episode, find out what's new in EdTech, how to empower your learners with ISTE standards, and a draft of EdTech apps for goal setting. Welcome everybody to another episode of EdTech Bites. Mike Sassir, Kelly Frideri, and Kim Landtrup back with you and ready to dive into everything related to the world of education and educational technology. Follow us on Twitter at DCPS EdTech Bites to keep the conversation going. Kelly and Kim, how are you guys doing today? Mm -hmm. Great. And you guys have any weekend plans? Uh, Laundry (laughs) and packing to go to FETC. Uh, Most of our team goes to FETC next week. We'll be there the whole week. For those that don't know, what's FETC? Oh, the Future of (laughs) Education Technology Conference. Seems like something we should be at. Yeah, for sure. And we're all presenting there, too. That's right, we are. Yeah, I'm not going to be there, unfortunately, um, because I'm having a baby. Woo! That was actually very <laughs> insane. Uh, yeah, my wife and I were due February 6th, which is not when you guys are going to be gone, but it's in that gray area of like, it could be any day. Yeah. Yes. Speaking of, I should have my phone on volume, like high volume. Probably. probably. Yeah. Probably. I was actually at a flag football game that I was playing in uh, last week or Tuesday, and I, we were like running around the field, throwing the ball around, and one of my teammates was like, hey, Mike, you know... I know your wife's due soon. Like, when is the due date? I was like, oh, it's like two and a half weeks. He goes, yeah, your second one? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, my second one came two weeks early. He's like, is your volume on? <laughs> I was like, um, I don't have my phone on me while I'm playing, but let me go get some random person on the sideline. Like, <laughs> I, I just I just talked to some random person. Like, I'm going to have my volume on. If this backpack rings, just like flag me down. Yeah. Because you never know. And we should is, probably touch like Ashley watching your phone now. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, maybe we pause and go get there <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. let her know. So, um, well, I don't really have a whole lot of plans. Um, for any of you football fans out there, Jacksonville's going really crazy because our Jaguars are getting ready to play the Chiefs in Kansas City. So I will most likely be on my couch where our neighbors may come over. But I'm hoping that when this finally airs, we'll be able to say, woo, the Jaguars won. But it's going to be a tough game. So just looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I'm a huge Giants fan. So I'm shocked they've made it this far, as I'm sure most Jaguars feel. Uh, but we're just happy to be here, you know, in the playoffs. We're just happy to be Same. here. But we have an awesome show planned for you all today, starting, like always, with our appetizer. We're going to be talking about some of our favorite updates to our most used applications for the classroom. Then in our main course, we're going to be jumping into our first ISTE standard called Empowered Learner. Finally, we'll finish up in our dessert segment with a draft in honor of football season, of course. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to the appetizer. All right, so for our appetizer today, this segment is called What's New in EdTech? And we did this at the beginning of season one, and we like to do it every once in a while because every once in a while, new features come out in some of our favorite applications. And um, we can even shout out somebody like Mike Tholson from Mm -hmm. Microsoft, and and there's a lot of other people, but they give some great updates to some of our, our favorite applications that we like to use and we suggest teachers use in the classroom. So we just wanna kinda run through some of our most noted updates. So does anybody want to start? I'll start. Um, I'm going to start with Flip because they've really had a lot of updates recently. Yeah, Um, In December, they came out with something called Create Mode, which automatically turns off your device's camera and microphone so that you can create different effects that's focused on um, the video clips. And then they also simplified their web experience. So if you go into Flip, it looks very different than it used to. There's a whole new design that's a little more simple. 
Um, you're able to access the camera, your videos, your groups, all from one view. So they have a new home screen, which I think is really cool. Yeah, just going off of Flip, they have apparently now the leads and members have the same viewing experience. Hmm. So I know as you know, tech creators were always like, oh, this is this is not what you see as a student. This is what I see. But now it's the same viewing experience. So when you're giving directions, it's a lot easier to tell your kids what, what to do. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. that's really neat. And uh, Minecraft, now Minecraft Education, oh, yeah. not the Education Edition, like days ago. And by the time this is released, it'll be weeks ago. But days ago updated their name and logo. So instead of Minecraft Education Edition, it is now just simply Minecraft Education. And the education on their logo is this beautiful bright blue color. And they changed their icon from being the standard two-shelf bookshelf block in Minecraft uh -huh. to this kind of really clean-looking sing singular bookshelf. So it's a nice new look for them in the new year. Love it. Yeah, and we got to notice that because in our Minecraft lab today, Kelly and I were there. And some of the kids have that nice bright logo, and then you see the older one. I'm like, I like this update. It's yeah. a nice change. Yeah, it does neat. look nice and new and clean. One of the apps that I wanted to shout out was Forms. Uh, is definitely they had a lot of updates that I noticed. I think the best updates are the ones that you feel like they already had because it just fits so naturally, like images and multiple choice mm -hmm. questions. That for me is something that I thought they mm -hmm. always had, but I guess they didn't. Mm -mm. And I love this for social studies classes and ELA classes. Um, and also as an accessibility feature for students that have trouble reading. Yeah. So I just love that feature overall. I thought it was always there, but I'm glad it's there now. And I think for our like pre-K students totally. or younger students that they're not necessarily reading, but a lot of their questions are going to have icons mm -hmm. and images. So to have that in the answer choices is really huge. Yeah. Also in forms, like they added some personalization touches, like new theme backgrounds. They added video backgrounds, background music, which I don't think is pushed out yet to everybody, but... I'm just thinking for kids, like it'd be so cool if I'm if I'm making a form for other students to take or for my teacher to look at and I get to like make it kind of my own with different videos and, you know, music. It just kind of adds more of that kid touch, I think. Yeah. It might be distracting, fun. but you can always <laughs> turn it off, which is the best part. You have that little toggle switch to turn off the music if you need. I also have some stuff about forms. I found that I'm not sure if this is available yet or if it's still rolling out, but now they have a new invitation channel. So if you wanted to share a form or quiz directly to a Teams channel or a chat group, you can do that through that invitation channel. So they'll get an invitation message if people haven't responded and you want to do this, and they'll get a dedicated template that can be sent through Teams on behalf of yourself, which I think is really cool that if people aren't responding, you can now send an invitation directly through Teams. And even reminders, I think part of that is to be able to send a reminder. So if you put it in your team and so many people don't respond to it, you can send a reminder just to those people even, which is really cool. Yeah. Something that like you can do in Qualtrics, but you haven't been able to do in forums up until this point. And yeah. I love that for parents too, because mm -hmm. if you're sending out communications with your with your parents, piggybacking off of that, they also have now you can set classifications for forms. So you can set them to be confidential or highly confidential. That's which cool. Is, I love that. Yeah, which is great for that parent communication about individual kids that you don't you want to make sure they understand this isn't going anywhere else. Right. That's awesome. Another platform that has had a lot of um, updates is Canva. They now mm -hmm. have Canva Docs, so they're trying to oh, get yeah. into that document game, just like everybody else. Um, they've launched websites. There are infinite whiteboards now, mm -hmm. and then they also have the option to remove video backgrounds, which is one click. So there's a lot of different things. And one other thing that's pretty cool that I was playing around with, um, if you're thinking of an actual 
image and you're not seeing it within their design element, they have something called text to image where you can just say, mm -hmm. you know, I want to see an elephant jumping on a trampoline and it will make that image to the best of its ability. There are, you know, there's still improving things, but yeah. it's pretty cool that you can actually create your own image. That's another integration of AI. I and I noticed that, in yeah. Microsoft, what's their like design or create, whatever their new thing is. I can't remember. Designer. 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 Mm -hmm. they, that's in there too. And it likes it like they do a pretty nice job of like noting what AI is being used That's to neat. do that image rendering. But it's really cool. Yeah, that is neat. We're going to see a lot more applications we use really AI are. for all these kinds of things. I was going to bring up OneNote as another application that had some good updates. They have this thing now called Ink Replay. Have you guys seen this? I have. That's so cool. I, I was that. thinking it like blew my mind for math. Yeah. For so what ink replay is, is exactly what it sounds like. When you ink something on the notebook, you can rewatch that inking on the screen by going to the draw and then ink replay. And you can obviously pause and see exactly what the, what was being drawn and how it was being drawn. <laughs> and I'm thinking for math, like I was always somebody that struggled in math. So to be able to see what my, what steps my teacher was doing and how they were doing it, like kind of just taking their brain with you as you went home mm -hmm. a little bit as you're going through your review questions That'd be so helpful for students. Yeah, and even teachers, if they're making instructional videos and kind of want to have that stuff sort of written out before they start yes. making the video, and then you can do a playback without having to worry about what you're saying and what you're writing and making sure it all flows, kind of make sure it all flows and then do the recording. It's a really cool feature. And Mike, I just have to tell you, my math teacher brain just loves that your history brain went to the math <laughs> application for You know, that. I was a struggling math kid, so I'm. <laughs> whenever I see these things, like... Um, one of the other features I was going to bring up was immersive reader for math equations. Um, and like that type of thing where I, the math equation could be read to me or it could be isolated and broken down differently. Those types of things. If I was a kid, I wish I, you know, I would go back and actually like relearn math. I'm actually excited for my daughter to go through yeah. math because I want to show yeah, her all these things. Now. <laughs> I know, I know. Math is going to be so different than when I was a kid back in my day. It is. <laughs> you can call me at any time because I trained on all those math techniques. Yeah. And then the last one I wanted to bring up because I just have to because we use it every day is the emoji reaction. That was on my list too. <laughs> I love those. So go ahead and tell the us about The whole library. You can use any emoji to react on Teams. And it's just so much fun. And we've had, we, there's a few of the teachers that we work with and some in our SD program that react to some of our posts in the most creative ways possible. In an instant. Yes. Like we post something and they're like, oh, that, that's taking them a long time. Sloth. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you can do it over the summer, like beach emoji, like just it's awesome. That little personalization touch. I just love that stuff. Yeah. And to allow kids to express themselves or to react in a way that relates to them. Like I know some kids, like especially in that middle school age, and mm -hmm. they just like the, a lot of the girls and their little cat and their little cat emojis that they'll even draw like to be able to react <laughs> with the cat emoji. Oh, my God, that's life changing. I might actually react to that if I can use that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. One last one that I wanted to, because we talk about accessibility features a lot mm -hmm. in Teams meetings. Now they have the sign language, the uh, sign language view that yeah. you can utilize. Super cool. Yeah. And that's just, it's huge because we already have the closed captioning, which doesn't always work very well. And so to be able to have, if you have, you know, a deaf listener that needs that sign language, they can customize their own view if they have an interpreter, if there's an interpreter in the meeting and be able to see that interpretation live with the meeting. So that's just super exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. So with all those great new features out of the way, we're going to move right into the main course.
All right, so for our main course, we're going to jump into the first ISTE standard. And remember, last episode, we actually introduced our season theme, which is all of the ISTE standards and how they might be used for education. And for each main course this season, we're going to be kind of covering one of those seven ISTE domains. Now, today we're going to do a deep dive into the first domain, which is empowered learner. Now, for a summary of this, Kim is going to lead us off in describing it to you all. Okay, so as Mike said, we're going to be starting off with domain 1.1, which is our empowered learner domain. So basically, the emphasis of this domain is having students take a more active role in their own learning. So there's four different standards within the domain that are all centered around setting personal learning goals, leveraging technology to achieve those goals, and also reflecting back on that learning process. Students are going to be creating their own learning network and using technology to seek feedback that's not only going to inform them on their progress, but help them to improve their practice. They're going to learn to understand the fundamental concepts of technology operations and demonstrate that they can choose, use, and even troubleshoot current technology. And the goal for this is that they're going to be able to then take this information and this knowledge and transfer it to new and emerging technologies. Awesome. I think the most important thing to remember about ISTE and other different guidelines on educational technologies that they're we're using technology to teach and learn more effectively. It's not necessarily around how to teach the technology and use the platforms, but we want to now take those platforms and use it in such a way to make our lessons more engaging, more collaborative, and more meaningful for the kids. Right. Because like even with this standard, empowering your learner, there are elements of this standard that don't necessarily require technology. Technology is kind of like an afterthought and with the idea that you're exposing students to enough technology throughout their learning process that they're able to choose the best way for them to be able to do whatever it is their goal is. So whether that's using a certain piece of technology or even like, I'm going to do my brainstorming a little bit better on paper and then I'll do my actual like building or whatever it is on the computer. Uh So there are parts of it and like even customizing your learning environment, that doesn't necessarily have to involve technology. That could be like, I need to work by myself on this part of my project. So I'm going to sit in an independent area of the classroom Uh as, oh, I need my network to work with me. So I'm going to sit with this group of people. And I know these two people are really strong in this skill. So I'm going to work with them today or like that kind of thing. So we have to keep that in mind too. It's not just solely the technology. It's a lot of other encompassing skills as well. Yeah. When I think of this domain, it brings back the idea of agency for students. Mm -hmm. So how are we, how are students being, you know, advocates of their own agency in the classroom? And how are we giving them the space to do that? And technology is a way that they get to do that, Mm -hmm. showcase their learning. And and really, how are we providing opportunities as educators to have our students demonstrate their learning in a variety of ways? And technology applications are certainly a big key in that cog Mm -hmm. to actually understand, like, what the kids are capable of doing. And I think for a lot of teachers, you know, there's so much technology that they could use in the classroom, but really getting their kids to understand what is best for them is so important. You might be a teacher that likes to experiment with different applications, with different, you know, activities or lessons. That's definitely one way to do it. You know, as you go throughout the year, kind of try out different things. And kind of by the middle of the year, hopefully your kids have been exposed to enough of these platforms that they can start making choices. Or you can just kind of throw them all out there in the beginning and say, let, let's experiment with these. Mm-hmm. Let's not even focus on content for a couple of my activities. Let's focus on something that maybe you want to create. Let's maybe do a little jigsaw activity where 
you're going to have a different app. Each group is going to have a different application and then you're going to teach each other what those applications do. So that way you kind of have it out of the way. And then you can say, all right, now we're all kind of experts in, in these different platforms. Now, when I do my activity for the next lesson, you, you guys get to choose what you want to use. Right. Or even yeah. like, okay, so you know that this group of people spent X amount of time really focused on this application and learning about it. So if you decide to use the application, have a question, who would you go to? What network would you mm -hmm. use in your classroom? Yeah. And that goes back to the networking that is part mm -hmm. of one of these standards. It's a part of 1.1B. So if you're looking at Empowered Learner, those four standards, 1.1B talks about building those networks and customizing the learning environment. If you just create a, a Teams channel, yeah, you know, and have each one of those applications, and then you have the kids be a part of managing those channels for your FAQs, why not? Yeah, it's awesome. And then the kids are really controlling their learning environment. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing that I always think about, um, especially for the very first standard in this, which is really focused around setting their personal learning goals, um, choosing technology to, to achieve them, and then also reflecting. Reminds me, when I was teaching second grade way back a million years ago, um, we always did data chats with the kids. Mm -hmm. And so I would do an assessment, and then I would have the kids, we would sit down and we would look at the specific standards, and I would say, okay, this is the standard, you know, I want you to focus on. And then what we would do as part of our center time was create kind of like a choice board um, and it would have all different activities. And, and at the time we based all those activities off the um, different learning styles. So mm -hmm. there would be an auditory, there would be a kinesthetic. And so now I kind of reflect back on those days and granted this was in aging myself here, you know, 2001, 2002. So we weren't using technology like we are now, but I think about all the cool things that I could actually really do, oh, you yeah. know, starting with those data chats, figuring out where they need to go. And then around the standard, creating four or five different activities and allowing them to pick. And then I think a big part of that was once they were done, the students reflected on how they did. And then they said, you know, did I achieve my goal? Yes or no. And they have to explain why. And then right. having that teacher feedback too. So it just kind of, I almost kind of feel sad because I'm like, oh, the cool thing yeah. I could have done with them, you know, looking back on it now. Yeah, the setting goals thing is definitely time consuming. Mm -hmm. um, and, and as a teacher, you know, you're thinking, okay, what can I have my students be doing as I'm having all these data chats? Because I do remember sitting down with all my kids. Mm -hmm. They're like, okay, here's what you scored. Here's what our, you know, let's set a goal together. Where do you think you can be? What are you striving for? And then going back and revisiting that goal. And I'm just thinking now, like, I wish, you know, I wish I used forms in a different way to have them just even at the beginning of every unit, take a quick form. What are you trying? What are you hoping for in this unit? Yeah. What are you hoping to uh, achieve? Not only just like on the assessment, but, you know, what academic skills are you trying to be, uh, improve with? You know, is it is it your reading? Is it your writing? Is it your design, your creativity? Mm -hmm. And then maybe what technology applications are you going to try to improve in? So if you're really a master in Canva already, let's take a break. Let's go somewhere different. You know, mm -hmm. have you tried Adobe Express? You know, let's maybe like explore something else just to broaden their skill set. And you can do that every unit. And if they're going back and revisiting that, you can see the growth. Right. Yeah. But that's hard to do. It's, it's very hard, hard to, to do, do and have enough time to get through through everything. And that's the thing. Like, do you sacrifice the sitting down with every kid and talking through with them? Or is that something like that's a truly like independent task and you kind of just check in? with them? What's the best way to manage everybody's time? Do they need the guidance to set their goals or can they truly do it on their own? And maybe you do some with some and some right. with other. I mean, that's Depending truly differentiating levels. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I always remember. I remember sitting down with a couple kids that, like, you know, didn't really want to have a chat with me about their goals, and like, it was like it came and went really fast. And mm-hmm. there were a couple kids that were like, "No, here's where I want to be. Like, this is what I'm striving to do." So you kind of can play off like the kids you need to talk to. Kids, yeah. you, you could maybe mm-hmm. just like let them do it on their own. I think it just depends on the teacher, but it does take time. Mm-hmm. I mean. It's, there's no way around it. It's going to take time. I think it's such a valuable experience, though. You know, it I is. really did try and take that time and give everybody else something to work on that was really a good use of their time. So maybe activities, reviewing stuff that we've already done right. so I could pull all those kids in. Because to really, especially like to show them, this is why I want you to focus in these yeah. areas. And here's all the different ways. Now, granted, to make all of those, I think we would have four or five choices. And I did this for one of our, we do weekly tech talk videos and this was actually the focus of my video. So I created in Canva an online um, choice board and there was a show me which used flip. And this one was all around first grade math. Um, There was a digital one where they could do it on Microsoft whiteboard, but it's all around the same standard. So no matter which activity they chose, they're still getting the work that they need. So they really are empowered to do, and they they would think, yo, this is easy and fun because they're getting to pick (laughs) which one, especially the little ones. I mean, they think that's the coolest thing ever, you know, to be in charge of what they get to do. So it was a really good experience. One of the other empowered learner areas is seeking feedback as a part of their goal setting. So having the students be responsible for, if this is your goal, how are you making sure you're on track for that goal with either my feedback or peer feedback? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of ways that you could do this in the classroom. I think, you know, Teams is such a great way to do this for teacher feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously they can check to see if they're on track for certain things. But I think, you know, just having student buddies for different groups when you're doing an activity or if you have, if you pair people up, I know in teams, you could have like longer group work that isn't just, I talked about this last season, but not just have, you know, your groups that last for one day, but your groups that last for an entire unit or longer. Um, and those are the types of groups that can kind of check in with one another and say, are, are you hitting your goals for this activity or for this project? Yeah. If not, let me offer you some suggestions. So those are the types of things that can help students stay on track to meeting their goal. And one of the things I really like about the way that the ISTE standards are verbalized is like the words they use, like seek the students seek feedback. So that's that like, okay, well I'm setting this assignment up so that there is peer feedback. Like I'm forcing you to get feedback from your peers. This is kind of like you're establishing this culture where students want to establish their goals. They want to achieve them and they want to get their peer feedback. Mm -hmm. They want to get feedback on how they're doing and achieving them. And so they're the ones seeking that out. So how to establish that kind of culture and to ingrain that whole like process, this circular process in your classroom is just kind of cool and really interesting to see it like really flow throughout the school year would be really cool to see. And even what you were talking about earlier with, you know, having experts for different Mm -hmm. platforms, like you can have those be, you know, I know that Susie and Billy are really great with flip. So I'm going to go and and talk to them about how I can improve and make it better too. Right. You know, you can utilize those strengths and then everybody will. Yeah. And even like, you know, if, so as a language arts teacher, well, I know you're a really good writer you score whatever on the rubrics every time. Let me see, will you look at my essay and see what you would suggest I do differently? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you grade, you use this rubric to grade me. Right. You know? Right, and then work with me to help me get it better. And oh, I, I think that. with all these things, as teachers, we're, we have so much on our plate, but it, it's sometimes kind of hard to even comprehend doing all these things. Mm-hmm. 
they don't they don't happen overnight. But also, if we are building this culture of empowering our students and we do give them more responsibilities to do these sorts of things and take on, you know, the seeking of the feedback, you know, take on the, you know, creating the learning environment that they want or take on the actual understanding of these different um, applications and teaching other students. All those things take the off your plate. Right. They take it off the teacher's plate and puts it onto the, the responsibility of the students, mm -hmm. which then just makes your life easier, <laughs> right. obviously, as yeah. a teacher. And it gives them more motivation to do the right things. Yep. And empowers them with the skills that they're going to need to be leaders and in the workforce and work right. in teams and groups. So just you're empowering them in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah. I love that they chose this as their first student standard because I think it is, if you're doing these sorts of things, it'll, all the others will follow in line. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so with the Empowered Learner ISTE standard out of the way, we're going to jump into our dessert. We are going to be doing a draft. Now, if you don't remember, we did this in season one, and essentially we're going to be doing this in two rounds. So the first round will be something fun. The second round will be something a little bit more ed tech related. And the way a draft works is we're going to have a random name picker to see who goes first, and that per per first person will have the first pick in the draft. And then we're gonna do it in snake order, where the next person is gonna go, and then it's gonna go to the last person, and then it'll go in reverse order back to the first person until we all have three picks. Now you can't pick um, a topic or application that somebody else had picked, and we're all gonna have our individual teams. And then at the end of the segment, we'll have a hashtag for you to go on our, our Twitter and vote to see who has the best teams. Obviously, you're going to want to vote for Mike. Team Kim. Team Kim. <laughs> all right. So with all that out of the way, we're going to do our random wheel. It's a wheelofnames.com. Shameless plug on them. Thanks you for, for hosting the segment. <laughs> and we're going to spin the wheel to see who goes first in our first round. Spinning now. Here it goes. You can feel the tension in the room. <gasps> Kim! Kim is the first pick. Now, the question is, which direction did we go in? Did we go clockwise? Let's go clockwise. Clockwise? Okay. So it'll be Kim, Kelly, then Mike, and then Mike again, and then Kelly, and then Kim. Got okay? it. Okay. This first draft topic is going to be our favorite pets draft. Now, I know this is a highly contentious. <laughs> this is going to upset a lot of folks who are listening. I understand if your pet is not chosen, but this is our favorite pets. Right. You know, this is childhood stuff here. All right. So no offense taken. <laughs> But uh, we love all animals. We love all that. We're we big do. animal people. Yeah, we big do. animal people. Very yeah. much. Yeah, very much. Multiple people on this team have adopted pets in the last six months. True. Yeah. So <laughs> we are animal people. Go save the pets. So Kim has our first pick. Well, I'm going to have to go with the obvious, the dog. Of course. Yes. Oh, Mr. Marbles is my pride and joy. And although he's kind of a jerk sometimes, he's the only dog because we can't get another one. <laughs> <laughs> if there was ever a clear 101, it was dog. Yeah. I know there are cat, even, I'm curious if there are cat people who would still choose dog as their, like, the favorite pet, right? Well, I've had cats, but dogs are just... I do. I have cats. <laughs> but dogs are way better. Yeah. Dogs are just the best. They they're are. like your best friend. You come home and they're always there. They're happy to see you. So happy. Yeah. All the time. And just come up for random cuddles. I know. Lizzie. Shout out to my dog, Ramsey. And what are, what are your two? I have Astro and Sprocket. <laughs> I love those names. They're so cute. All righty, Kelly, you're up. Oh, it's my turn. Horse. 
Ooh, good one. I have that one on my list. That was my dream animal. When I was a child, I told my dad that instead of a car, when I was able to drive, I wanted a horse. And I would just ride my horse to school. But that didn't work out. Do you know my (laughs) sister, when she was growing up, my parents rented a horse for her. I didn't even know that was a thing. But you could rent it. She would go and have to clean out the stalls. And she could ride it as much as she wants. But it stayed at, you know, this place. I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And now, funny enough, she just got back into it. So she's an adult and does competitive horseback riding. That's so cool. Yeah. That is very Very cool. I was never a horse person. You know, I've ridden a horse maybe twice in my life, but that was still high on my list. Just Mm. because like... How cool. A pet that is also transportation. I mean, come on. sweet and loving. Yeah. But, you know, big turds. True. True. Very big cleanup. (laughs) Yes. I used to volunteer at the Caddy Shack, which is a... Big cat sanctuary here mm-hmm. in Jacksonville, and they had horses that had glaucoma or Aww. other health issues. Aww. And so I always volunteered to go be with the horses, and I did wind up cleaning poop quite a bit. <laughs> but I still, they would come over and just like love they on you. They were so, so sweet. sweet. All right, so I get two picks. Yeah. All right, so this is kind of a cheat code because I'm going to take a type of cat. Oh, interesting. All right, so this okay. is a specific house cat. That I learned about doing this research for this draft. Is it the bald one? It's called a Savannah cat. What is that? Okay, I get to educate. I love this. So a Savannah (laughs) cat is a bigger cat. It has longer legs. And it's a off-breed of a African something cat that is in the wild. But it's like the largest. It's one of the larger cats that you can own um, as a pet. Cool. And this is the best part. Apparently, they're more like a dog than they are cats. Oh, so they like, like to play fetch. They enjoy walking on a leash. They can be trained to do tricks and they love humans if they're raised from an early age. Aww. And they're so cute. You are going to need to get a Savannah cat <laughs> once the baby gets a little older. But apparently it's the most expensive animal to own. Oh, really? It's the most expensive pet to own. Basically. Wow. Dang. I'm going to have to Google that one. I think because it's just hard to find. Oh, right. That yeah. yeah. But Savannah Very cat. Exotic. That's, That's my, cool. Yeah. That's cool. My next one. So I was thinking two things here, either going like cuteness level Mm-hmm. or practicality like what could be useful to me okay you know and <laughs> he's so so particular <laughs> because i think there's a number here that could go for the cute category i'm gonna go useful okay, okay. and i'm gonna go with a hen a hen, <laughs> a hen. for the eggs i know for the eggs. i was not expecting yeah. a hen to come out yeah that was a it's a curveball but listen have you seen the price of eggs recently <laughs> Very true. It is. Very practical so pet. Talk about like I get to have my fresh eggs in the morning with my Savannah cat. <laughs> We're golden. All right. Oh my goodness. Okay, guys, so it's my turn now. I'm gonna go with guinea pig. Oh, I had a guinea pig on my list. On my list for the cuteness factor. There it was. Because yep. they are so cute. And, and they have they're wheels. Silly. They are cute. Wait, do they have wheels? And they go, Doo-doo. you can give them a wheel, a bigger Those wheel. I'm thinking a hamster. Yeah, I'm thinking a hamster. hamster. Yeah, that's like, that's my bad. They do make wheels big enough for I should have known that in doing my research. They're loud. And they go, they go <laughs> yeah, when you get out, like, and if you get lettuce, especially if they know, like, what a lettuce bag sounds like, as soon as they it's hear so it, they start doing that little, <laughs> 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 they're so funny. That's awesome. Okay. So do pick. I go two times now? Yes. These okay. are your last two picks. <gasps> Well, I'm going to go with a pygmy goat. What? I know. I have a niece pygmy goat, and her name is Chevelle. And she came over to my house. My nephew 
um, and his girlfriend, they have several pygmy goats and they are just like little dogs. And she got this one when it was less than a week old. So it was bottle fed and she came over in her little diaper. And then, <laughs> so she didn't poop all over my house. Cause obviously not pie chain. They live outside and they have this cute little house that they made for him. But, um, the funniest thing was they scream when you pick them up. Oh my up. God, that video and, that you showed us. Oh, it, it's, they sound like little humans. And <laughs> Marvels did not know what to do with this because he can be aggressive with other dogs. So this little goat came over and he was just <laughs> so confused. And then he was trying to get close to it. And the little goat went up on his hind legs and headbutted him right in the chest. And oh that, my goodness. It made me so happy because Marvels can be a bully. And I was like, see, you don't mess with other animals you don't know about. Yeah. So I'm going with goat. So that. I love it. And then. And you can do yoga with them. I know. Which is just cool. People pay for that. And you have that at your house. You're an attraction. I know. It's you don't have so eggs, cool. but you're an attraction. So cool. Well, any animals that I want, I always tell my nephew because they have the land and they love animals. Then I could just visit. I don't have to do all the cleaning. Yeah. Okay. So my last one, and this is something that I have wanted since I was very, very little, is a pig, a little mini pig. Oh yeah. Wait and, a minute. Is there, there's, well, there's a difference? They call any pig up to 150 pounds a mini pig oh because pigs can get all the way up to like 70, yeah. 800 pounds. They're huge. And they're just so cute though. And so, and they're apparently very, very smart. I actually Googled last night. Um, what does it take to take care of a pig? <laughs> 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 I'm already planning ahead for after Marvels because I don't think my husband would ever in a million years let me get a 150 pound pig in our house. But I've heard that they're like toddlers. They're like two year olds running around because they get into everything. And That's... as soon as I read all of that, I was like, no, this is not going to work out for me. But I've always loved them. I think they're so cute. All right. So, so. growing up watching Hey Arnold, yeah. he has a pig named Abner. 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 Abner yeah. yeah. And he was always the coolest pet. I mean, yeah. on like a cartoon pet. Everything is like a dog, but Abner, the cartoon pig on Hey Arnold, great, great pet. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm cur currently working on Trip and Laura to get a pig for their house. <laughs> there you Come go. over and visit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my dog, goat, pig. Love it. Very traditional, but I like, well, actually, is it traditional? I Goats guess and pigs? I don't know that <laughs> that's know. so traditional, but. It's more traditional than Savannah Cat and uh, Hen. <laughs> so far. Yep. You really went out of the box with your picks here. Yeah. All right. So Kelly's oh, it's last my pick. Turn. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go. So I'm going to go with a type of bird. Although I do, would never really want to mm -hmm. own a bird, but these Just birds cool. are really cool. My grandmother this, yeah. had them. Cockatoos. Okay. Are they the white ones they're with the, the little things that come up? And... Things. and they're the, the bigger ones with mm -hmm. the little cockatiels. But they're like so smart and so funny. And they, and they can talk. <laughs> um, but they're like, they're just so clever. And like my grandma's, she had four dachshunds and mm -hmm. so, but and two cockatoos. And they would go around with the dogs, They'd just follow them around yeah, outside, so go outside. But they'd like take, take apart nuts and bolts and. Yell curse words at you. <laughs> Have you ever seen the videos it's kind of like online? Having an old grandfather living with you, <laughs> like tinkering with things, yelling curse words at you. Have you ever seen the videos online of them dancing? Yeah, they get their little mohawk up and, and then they, they just they bounce dance. up and down. It's they so like funny. They'll go like if they have like a perch, they'll go upside down sometimes and like show off the eyes, spread it. their wings out, and do all silly things. That's cool. Good pick. That is a good pick. I, I had parakeets on my list. I wasn't sure which bird to go with, but it said they do tricks. So that's why I went with the parakeet. But I think cockatoo is right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So for my last pick, now just for my, I do have Savannah Cat and Hen, so my team's already stacked. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to go with my daughter's favorite animal that she sees at the zoo. And I I'm, I believe you can you can own them. I believe. Okay. Which is? 
a squirrel monkey. Oh, yeah. yeah. My dad had a monkey. Yeah, so having a little monkey in the house, I think, would just be so fun. They're yeah. very dirty. Oh, oh, wait, you have a pig on your list. Okay. Pigs are actually very clean. They only roll in mud to cool off. And they only roll in mud. <laughs> so, squirrel monkeys, I, he would have his own little room. You know, I would just put some vines in there. Some vines. Room. Yeah, some vines, trees. He would have a, we'd have a little jungle room with a squirrel monkey. And that it'd be so great. Funny. We could just experience, you know, what it would be like. And I'm I'm just assuming that I would be able to train this little square monkey to, like, also live on my shoulder. Oh, right. Of course. To just, like, be my buddy. Yeah. You know? Um, just in case the Savannah cat was chasing <laughs> after And the hen yeah. running behind. Yeah. Well, the hen's outside, you know, doing doing her job to feed the family. That's you know what's so funny is when my dad had a monkey, he was in the army. That would not fly in the army nowadays. Oh, no. But he had it for about two weeks, and this poor little monkey just wanted to hold his hand. So he used to have to sleep with one finger in oh, the monkey's hand, and the, the monkey would hold his hand, and it would throw poop everywhere. And you know, it just became like crazy too much. So he got rid of it. But I've seen pictures of it sitting yeah. on his shoulder. So you could train it. I've heard when they hit puberty, though, they go a little wild. Yeah. That was not the best pet my dad said. But I was like, oh, I love that. I can just so picture cute. him holding your little finger. All right. So that was our favorite pets draft. Um, you can vote for our teams on Twitter after we post them. For this next one, we're going to bring back to the conversation that we were having before with empowering learners. Now, we are going to do a draft. And this draft is going to be about the best tech applications or programs or websites, anything we want related to technology that is used for goal setting with our students. So what are the best ones that we think are used for goal settings? And we're gonna redo the wheel of names generator to see who goes first with our second draft. All right, here we go. Keep going, keep going. It's mine. It's mine. Okay, so I have the first pick in the draft, which honestly, I would rather have taken the first pick in the last draft, but it right. is okay. Yeah. That's okay. Uh-huh. Okay, so for the first pick in the draft, I'm gonna take one note. And I'm going to take one note because of its variety, because of its open-endedness. Mm -hmm. It allows you to create custom lists. I also would use it for playlists when we're talking about goal setting and having students be able to follow and track their progress. So I think um, being able to use something that is on laptops and also digitally on the phone that they can easily check back and see, okay, where am I at with either my playlist or the goals that I've set earlier? Plus, you know, it's connected to Teams, which, you know, you can obviously link there as well. But just having a class notebook where they can actually go back, look at it. And the, the thing that we talked about before, which would be great, having various students connected with one another through mm -hmm. their OneNote notebooks would be great for goal setting. Yeah, no, that was on my list. Yeah, that was on my list as well. So I am up. I am going to pick Teams be just for the fact that there are so many different ways that you can work with students. You could have meetings, you could have private channels where kids can work on their goals together or independently. It also brings in the OneNote Class Notebook, which <laughs> is on Mike's list as well. But um, I just think you can have assignments differentiated for the kids to help them reach those goals. There's just so many, and it integrates with so many other applications. Yeah, that feedback so, piece I was talking about before, for sure. Yeah. So Teams, teams. was definitely, the, it was the one I was debating on which one I was going back and forth with. Well, I'm going to pick um, Planner 
So oh, that's one. a one I've an application I've recently been playing around with in Microsoft. Um, but I think it'd be really great for this because it really, when you first open up a planner, it is a completely blank slate. You add the categories you want and can completely customize that. So I can see it really working well for this whole process, the whole, like if you're doing from start to finish the goal setting and moving forward, mm -hmm. really keeping track of everything. You can add people to it. It's and add tasks to yourself, to other people, if you're in a group. Yeah. So I love it. That's and my... you get to go again. Oh, I do again. <laughs> um, Wakelet. Darn it, that my... was on mine. <laughs> will be my second one. Shoot. Um, <laughs> because, you know, it's, it is another customizable. It's just blank slate. So you can have your goals. You can have, you know, you can kind of keep a running dialogue on how, how you're, what you're doing to reach your goals. And um, even posting links to documents within Teams, whatever that you've uh -huh. done to help you achieve your goals. Yeah, so. creating portfolios. Mm -hmm. I loved that. That's yeah. I had that as well. Okay, so it's my turn. I am going to pick Flip. You're going to pick Flip. And I'm picking this because, one, I think I always... I come from the world of elementary, so I always think about the littles as well, who may not be able to write or do things. But they can keep track of... Well, set their goals, keep track of what they're doing. And then also, as they complete things, they can reflect back on it. And then they can even all put that into a playlist as like a mixtape so they can see their progress as they go. Yeah, I love that. So I have two more picks. I have one note. And I'm thinking about the, you know, the goal setting aspect. So I have to go with the example that I left, left with before, which was forms. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for teachers that are strapped for time, forms is the best way to set, have your students set goals because you can create, especially for lower grades, you create the questions for them, mm -hmm. which is, I think, really valuable for students that are, might struggle with kind of seeing, okay, what do I do with this blank slate? Maybe, maybe a high schooler can set their goals by themselves in one note, but maybe, uh, you know, K through five might need more structure. So forms is definitely what I would use the most in the classroom for setting goals, I think, every unit, you know, and then you can check back and very easy to revisit those at the end. So that's my second one. So I have one note and I have forms. So I'm struggling between two of them, but I think I'm going to go with Canva as my last one. Okay. And the yeah. reason I'm going to choose Canva and because Canva Docs now is a thing which allows me to be a little bit more open with what they can do with their goal setting, but also Canva whiteboard, mm -hmm. a little bit more like broad goals. And I think for visual learners, it's a great place for them to set their own goals because they can use elements. Yeah. So for people that are bad writers, maybe they're not strong with it. Maybe they're bad with just kind of verbalizing what they want to do. It also has recording features so they can record a quick video, add elements along top of their recordings. I just think it's really a creative way for students to set their own goals that they might be more excited about sharing with other people. That's true. I had that on my list as well. I real we love our Canva here. Mm -hmm. um, and well, for my third one, and a lot of the reasons that you picked Canva are similar reasons to why I picked this. I'm going to go with Microsoft Whiteboard because mm -hmm. there are actually a lot of templates within there for goal setting yeah. and things like that. Plus they have a limited space that they can work. You can add pictures, you can add links, videos, all different things. Totally. It's a great place to really map out, you know, what you're going to do, how you're going to do it. And then have, you know, a great place to collaborate with other people too, if you're all working on the same goals. And integrates perfectly with your teams. That's right. Win-win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that one was on mine too. Um, yeah. 
for the same reason, has those templates so you can pick kind of the way your brain works the best. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So I'm on my last one. Your right? last pick. Yeah. Okay. Mm. So you guys took everything on my list. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think kind of a going into that creative branching out into a creative way, Adobe Express. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would use the video. Adobe Express is such an easy like plug and play video. You can plug and play text. You can do words. So I think setting your goal that way at the beginning, like I'm going to start this creating this video. My very first slide I'm going to put into my video is going to be my goal is. And then as I move forward, I can track, use that video to track my progress and show my progress along the way. And it's kind of this building mm-hmm. thing. You could also do the websites within Adobe yeah. Express too. There's so yep. many different ways they can showcase what they're doing. Love it. And if they don't want to show their little faces, they can use the little animator thing. Which <laughs> I know, is so which cute. I love. Let's just go through our teams again. So I okay. have uh, OneNote, Forms, and Canva. Kim? Teams, Flip, and Whiteboard. And I have Planner, Wakelet, and Adobe Express. Okay, so you can vote on who picked the best team or the one that you'd want for your students in your in their goal setting. And also our your favorite pet draft, of course. Oh, yeah. And you can do that by following us on Twitter at DCPS EdTechBytes and hashtagging DCPS Goal Apps. Thanks for joining us today. And remember to follow us on Twitter to keep the conversation going. Until next time, I'm Mike. I'm Kelly. And I'm Kim. Thank you so much for listening to EdTech Bites. Bye-bye.